This is the Soul Podcast. We bring the Itaewon. I'm King Sejong, reminding you to please finish your milk before exiting the bathroom. And here are your hosts, Emma Kalka and Joe McPherson. And welcome to the Soul Podcast. This is Joe. And I'm Emma. And we're just going to dive right into talking about episodes five and six of Squid Game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, well, of course, it was the infamous episode six that everyone. Yeah, the one that like, this is going to wreck you. Yeah, this is like the meme that everyone talks about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, uh, Emma, why don't you just give us a quick little summary? Episode 5, A Fair World. The episode opens up with Team Underdog following Sangu's orders and winning the match, no surprise there, and then dealing with the aftermath. Preacher Dude gets preachy and is shut down by Player 240. When they arrive back in the dorm, Mino starts congratulating the team, though, let's be honest, no one really wanted her there anyway. She then begins insulting Ali for being an undocumented worker, but Sangu stands up for him, making him a bit less of an asshole. The team builds a barricade to protect themselves for the night, expecting another attack. Doksu makes fun of Gyun, asking if he thinks it's going to protect them. Gyun shoots back with, are you sure you can trust your team? If I were on your team, I'd kill you first. You're the strongest. Doksu says nothing and walks away with his tail between his legs before ordering his own team to stand down. Team Underdog splits up the nightly watch and settles in. While Sangu and Ali are on first watch, Ali, who is still calling Sangu Sajangi, shares that he is 33 and has a wife and kid along with more family back in Pakistan, which Sangu, Mr. Still Slightly Not an Asshole, is surprised to learn about because why would Ali have a family? Sangu then tells Ali to call him Hyung, giving us a much-needed heartwarming moment that's probably going to stab us in the back later. Gyun and Old Dude are on second watch, and during this time, Gyun has a flashback. Gyun tells the old man about how the car company he worked at for over a decade had a mass layoff, leading many of the workers, including Gyun, whose wife was expecting his daughter at the time, to strike. The old man comments that the media made it into a crazy story and that someone died. Gyun confirms this and then realizes that the old man is running a fever. Gyun tries to help him along with Sebyok. Off in another part of the island, Detective Nine Lives is led by Guard 28 to Dr. Dead Body's somehow hidden lair and discovers the black market organ shit that's been going down. We, the audience, learn that Dr. Dead Body killed patients through malpractice, which surprises no one. The guards start complaining about Dr. Dead Body ruining the last product, to which he complains that the person wasn't actually dead and woke up mid-procedure. Talk about having a bad day. He then adds that this so-called zombie was no good anyway as they only had one kidney. Detective Nine Lives is super interested in this and starts asking questions again, pretty much giving himself away again. Seriously, how has he not gotten caught yet? Before the guards can call him out as an imposter, Dr. Deadbody starts shrieking for someone to help him. He finishes, the body parts are packed up, and the guards seem to mysteriously forget their suspicions as Detective Nine Lives is led out by Guard 28 to deliver said parts to a boat. 
After they leave, Dr. Deadbody asks for the next game, but the guards claim not to know what it is. He loses his shit and takes a guard hostage with a scalpel. As our favorite elusive detective follows Guard 28, we learn that secret passageways were built so the VIPs could escape in a case of an emergency and are also set with explosives because, of course, there's got to be contingency plans to cover up, well, everything on the island. Once they reach the diving spot, Guard 28 pulls a knife on Detective Nine Lives, demanding that he remove his mask and tell him why he's so interested in the VIPs. However, the good detective pulls his gun on Guard 28, demanding that he remove his mask too. Now that everyone's unmasked, Detective Nine Lives says that the reason the zombie had one kidney was because it was his brother who donated a kidney to him. The guard claims it was actually a woman, but Detective Nine Lives doesn't believe him, so the guard confesses that they all screwed her, which they wouldn't do if it was a guy for, I guess, obvious reasons. And because this show wasn't twisted enough, we had to throw in rape, maybe necrophilia in there. The guard then tries to barter with Detective Nine Lives, saying they can check the master list in the front man's room together. But once the detective has all the info he needs, he shoots Guard 28 in the head and runs off, upping his personal body count and escaping Discovery yet again. Back with Dr. Deadbody, he's managed to escape as well and makes his way to the playground. The guard following him puts down his gun and takes his mask off, saying they can work something out. However, the front man appears with more guards, shooting the first guard. He then says that the whole black market organ harvesting doesn't matter. I mean, I guess of all the bad things going on right now. But what does matter is that they broke the rule of equality, which is super important to the front man for whatever reason. Dr. Deadbody and the guard are then both killed. The front man goes off to round up the rest of the rogue guards, and upon discovering the dead body of Guard 28, sends everyone off to find the one remaining guard who killed him. Back in the dorm, the lights come on and all the players are abruptly told to get in line. Dolksu's henchman comments that the doctor hasn't come back from the bathroom. Well, which we all know he ain't coming back. The old man cannot get up and Gyun tries to stand up for him. We see that the old man has wet himself. While all of this is going on, Detective Nine Lives has found the front man's room and breaks in. There, he locates the secret record room and discovers that his older brother is not a participant. In fact, we discover that Squid Game is actually an annual thing, like a more frequent, insanely twisted, and cruel Olympics. However, the detective finds his brother's name on a list of winners from 2015, then proceeds to find his records from that game. Detective Nine Lives takes photos on his phone that doesn't seem to die, gathering as much evidence as he can. Episode 6, Kangbu, also known as the episode that will wreck you. The players are told to get into formation, and Gyun knows that while he may not always be the brightest, he certainly has a heart by offering his jacket to the old man to cover the fact that he wet his pants. They are then taken off to start the fourth game, but on the way are treated to the bodies of Dr. Deadbody and the organ trafficking guards hanging from the ceiling like it's medieval England. The front man declares that this is what happens to anyone who violates the fairness of the games for their own benefit, aka cheats, and that it won't happen again. In the waiting room, the players are told they will play the next game in pairs and are given 10 minutes to figure this out, sealing the deal by shaking hands. Thinking they will be playing against other teams, everyone sets out intending to get either the strongest or the smartest. 
Minyo tries to talk Giyun into teaming up, but he silently refuses. She then goes to Sangu, who also refuses. Sebyeok and Player 240 walk off in a tiff, accusing the guys of not wanting girls, eventually teaming up themselves. Giyun turns to ask Sangu, but watches him ask Ali after their night of bonding. Giyun then looks towards the old dude, who tells him that he's off to find his own teammate, giving Giyun an obvious out. After a math teacher attempts to woo Gi-hoon by telling him with the odd number of people that whoever is left over will likely be killed, heavily hinting that it's going to be old dude. Gi-hoon does the valiant thing in his mind, and well, I guess I suppose in ours as well at this point, and teams up with old dude. As they all walk out, Minyo is left without a partner, though really is anyone surprised, and the guards carry her out shrinking, likely to some unknown doom. The players arrive in a mini-faux neighborhood, and the game is revealed. The players are told they will be playing against each other. Well, shit. And each given 10 marbles. They can play any game they want. However, at the end of 30 minutes, one player must obtain all his partner's marbles without violence to win. The loser is eliminated. Everyone takes a moment to let this sink in, and then splits off for their one-on-one -on -one death matches. At first, Sangu feels bad for Ali, who admits that he doesn't know how to play marbles, teaching him the rules. But after Ali continues to win, Sangu loses his shit and accuses Ali of cheating, even though there's a 50-50 chance. He then flips his tune, saying that he's sorry and begging Ali to let him live for his family. To which Ali replies that he too has a family. Sangu pulls himself together and suggests that they work together, because surely not everyone will have finished their game by the end of 30 minutes. He convinces Ali to go take stock of the other teams they might have to play against, and then rigs up a way for Ali to carry his marbles around his neck. Ali runs off, and Sangu reveals that he is, and always will be, the world's biggest asshole by replacing Ali's marbles with pebbles and taking them for himself. He turns them into the guard and is let out of the game. After returning to their spot at the designated time and finding that Sangu isn't there, Ali realizes that he's been cheated. He shouts for Sangu until he is shot and killed. Sebyuk's team decides to chill until the very last minute and then do one game that's all or nothing for the marbles. Get the tissues ready because... damn. Sebyuk talks about escaping North Korea, saying that if she won the money, she would buy a house for her brother and bring her mother to the south and maybe someday visit Jeju Island. We learn player 240's name is Jiyoung, and that the first dead body she ever saw was her mother, who was killed by her preacher father. Ah, now I get it. Okay. Who also molested her. The second was her father's body after Jiyoung stabbed him. She thought the game agent was there to collect her dead father's debts as she got out of jail and joined the game, thinking she had nowhere else to go. The chat gets a bit surreal, with Jiyoung repeatedly making plans with Sebyeok after the games, and then recalling that one of them is about to die. As the time runs out, they decide that whoever can toss a marble closest to the wall wins. Ji-young tells Sebyeok to go first. When it's her turn, Ji-young intentionally drops the marble just in front of her. Sebyeok begs for her to throw it for real, but Ji-young refuses, telling her that someone who has a reason to live should win the money. She then thanks her for listening and playing with her, smiling as the guard shoots her in the head. Dolksu is about to lose all his marbles, but then changes the game and miraculously wins, blah blah blah, sending him through that mother... Before they start the game, Old Dude tells Kyun that they have Gangbu, meaning they are close friends who share everything and have a close bond. After learning the game, Kyun tries to get Old Dude to start playing, but he appears to have an episode, running around and thinking that they are in his old neighborhood. Finally, he gets him to sit down and play, but the Old Dude wins until Kyun is down to one marble. However, at that moment, Old Dude asks Kyun what he just said, revealing that he can't remember. 
Giyun uses his dementia to his advantage, turning the game around, yet looking extremely conflicted the whole time, which I don't blame him here. When old dude is down to one last marble, he jumps up and runs off, saying that he found his home. He then proposes that they play one last game, his one marble for Giyun's 19. Giyun shouts that this is unfair, to which old dude asks if it made sense when Giyun cheated and took all his marbles, revealing that he knew what was going on the whole time. But rather than be pissed off, he tells Giyun that they are Kung Bu buddies and thanks him for playing the game with him. He then puts the marble in Giyun's hand, sending him off. As he walks away, Giyun begins to weep, but the old man shouts out that he remembers his name, Ilnam. Giyun continues to walk away as the old dude disappears from sight and gunshots resound. All around him, we see the bodies of everyone who was eliminated. Thank you, Emma, for that recap. Okay. Always, always <laughs> <in time>. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I feel like I just, every time I do the recap, they get a little bit longer and I get a little bit snarkier. <laughs> I'm enjoying it so much. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a little bit more commentary thrown in with each one that I do. And I'm like, you got it. Like, I need to stop this before I, by the time we get to the end of the season, like they're going to be 10 minutes long each. I'm like, you can't do this, Emma. <laughs> Keep it tight. Just yeah, you can call Sango an asshole all you want, but just make sure you keep it within three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, some of my notes I've had. Um, one correction I wanted to make from before though is is I was talking to we're talking about the the eggs and the the sprite Mm -hmm. seven up, uh, Chilsing Cider and uh. I found out later. Yeah, this this used to be a, a typical snack people would take on long train rides. Oh, I was thinking of it like a Jim Jilbong snack. Yeah, I was thinking that too. But that's usually you know, we get the uh, spa eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I but I didn't really think of the cider because usually we have shike and the rice mm. punch, fermented rice punch. Right, that's what you do. Yeah, and Jim Jilbongs. Yeah. So yeah, that's what something's off there. And then I was asking about it, and it was like, oh, they don't do it now. So I wasn't around back then when people were bringing eggs on trains. You know, that had to smell great. Well, I mean, you know, I think like the few times I've been on the KTX, if I was sitting around older people, I've seen older people on the train with um, with like the boiled eggs. Nah. Um, okay. But I mean, with with the friends my age, they just like they just go fill up their bag with beer, and that's what we have on the train. They they, they <laughs> grab know? that and they get some loteria, they get some burgers and stuff to bring on the train. I've yeah, seen. of course yeah. now nobody can eat on the train, so oh, I haven't Thanks, been on a train in a while. Thanks, COVID. No okay, one can eat on a train now. So episodes five and six. Um, now that we've gotten fairly far into the game, I got a few questions. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the men, um, how are they shaving? True. <laughs> Though I think, well, I mean, Sangu yeah, and I think- Ali are getting a little bit of stubble, but, but Doksu and, and, and Gihun sort of is, but yeah, the, the other men are not getting any stubble. Have they hit puberty yet? <laughs> I'm wondering that. Well, yeah. Cause like this is taking place over that's true how long there's at least one full day one full day full one full night yeah they've been there for a a couple days by now yeah yeah there have been two nights 
Yeah. At least. It's it's kind of hard to keep track of days. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because I mean, even when like they make them sleep, you never know if it's like actually been a full day or if they're just like, we have nothing for you to do right now, so sleep. Ah, uh, that's true. That's true. Because they're they in oh. they're inside most of the time. It's only when they go out for I think because at the game, okay, so we're at episode five. The games that we've had up to this point, um, two of them have been outside. But tug of war was inside. Was the Dagona game outside? I think that was I that was indoor was. too. That was indoor was that too. Indoor I think, too? I think I only quite... red light, green light was outside. Yeah, they, they so... closed the roof at the end. Okay, yeah. So there you go. So the so two out of the three games have been indoors. So it could be very easy for them to manipulate people's sense of time. Yeah. And so I honestly, I like it wasn't. I wasn't even registering that I needed to try and keep track of how many days. I I just keep been in there. It's it's the silly details I look at. It's usually when I'm watching these shows. I'm looking for like, yeah, progress of time. Also, anytime I see any shot where there's a mirror or any reflective surface, I'm always looking for the camera crew in the background. <laughs> You're trying to find it, yeah. I'm always looking for those things. Yeah. Okay. This is another question that really bugs me. Mm-hmm. The married couple. Was there a reason both of them had to go? Yeah. I mean, because if they're a married couple, it would be, I mean, regardless of who rang up the debt, it's family debt. So you would just assume maybe one of them would take on the responsibility. Yeah. One of them go. Yeah, you would think, yeah, like maybe the husband would probably be like, I will, as the man of the house, I will go or whatever. Yeah. So it's, the, yeah, uh, I now that I you mentioned it, it's kind of like, why are they both in there? Yeah, unless that was some special requirement that they both had to go, which was stupid because they know that only one of them could win. I mean, the mm-hmm. contestants didn't know, but we see that every year only one person's won. Are we wait? But okay. yeah, that's 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 episode six. No, it's at the end of episode, episode five. Five end of episode, episode five, five. Winnie. Because I thought there was a list of winners from 2015. So there were multiple really? winners. Yeah. I think oh no so. no! I went down in there. No, it's it's a list of the winner each year, and each oh, one is an episode. So just- oh, I paused. I paused. <laughs> okay. No, well, never mind. I didn't like. There was a lot going on. <laughs> I was like, no, you were doing even, your thing. I was rewatching I was and trying, I was going through every. Yeah, I was trying to keep it. track of of what was going on at the end of episode five. So there's only one each year. Okay. Yeah. And so oh. you catch on that. Yeah, episode five. The big theme of everything is equality. Right. Yeah. You know, this is when the doctor is punished for, and and, and his minions, are, his helpers are are punished for making the games unequal. Mm-hmm. Um, when when they go back, when they come back from the tug of war, um, you know, Minyaw's asking who's the leader. And they're like, we don't have a leader. We don't have one. Yeah. There is no leader. We're all equal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, and then, that was a big thing. I mean, and then, and then right after they did the tug of war and they're going down the elevator, you know, everyone, everyone's reactions to this. And, and I was trying to keep that too, is like they started and they, everyone's lying on the ground right after they win and just everyone's faces. And of course, uh, um, Ilnam is smiling 
And everyone else yeah. is like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ilnam, he's got a brain tumor. He probably didn't realize that he killed people. Is 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 that something is um an argument you could make? This is another thing I was trying to look closely for and I still haven't caught it. I don't think it's true. Is people are wondering if 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 uh Ilnam was locked. Everyone else was the, padlocked to the rope. Was, was Ilnam locked onto the rope? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that. I I, I like as I was uh browsing through stuff i saw something like that but See, I didn't now that you finally guy. finished the show i can discuss this <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes i finished everything so you look at differently you're like how did he get around yeah mm -hmm. well and yeah i mean now i realize well that i mean ugh, there's lots of things it makes more sense that they stopped the 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 night attack when he when frontman saw him waving on the top bunk saying yeah. stop it stop it stop it stop it yeah. Now everything makes makes sense. <laughs> Though, yeah, illegal organ trading absolutely makes no sense, except for it was, I feel like, and this is something actually a friend of mine brought up that I wholeheartedly agree with. We were discussing this last night after I finished the series. Yeah. Um, thank you, Miranda. Shout out to Miranda. Yeah, Miranda. It was like the her her th um theory is is that like the whole black market organ trafficking plot line was only it was introduced as an afterthought because they realized holy shit how are we going to get this detective moving around inside the complex and not get caught possibly they're like we need to create something for him so yeah you notice every time he almost gets caught yeah he almost gets caught by one of the buddies in the organ tra uh, trafficking ring yeah, and he's not going to call. He's not going to, you know, call him out because then he's potentially going to get found out for trafficking organs. So therefore, Juno unknowingly get, is getting protected by this organ trafficking ring while he's going around asking questions that he shouldn't be asking and getting in trouble for not knowing things that he should. Yeah. And she's it's, like, it's the complicated, I, it's the complicated plot that goes to nowhere. Yeah, and she was like, no, that whole plot, she's like, I guarantee you in the writer's room, they were just sitting around there like, crap, we need a way for this detective to get around undetected. Ah, and that's why, that's the whole reason why this plot to nowhere exists, mm. to give Junho a way to infiltrate the group, to infiltrate Squid Game and not get caught. Yeah. Because there's all this security, there's cameras everywhere, like... He should have been caught on day one. Yeah, but you say there's all the security, there's cameras anywhere, but how did they create this mechanism to drop the bodies out of the crematorium without being cremated? <laughs> they came up with some little mechanism. Right. But my guess is they, I mean, I guess backstory to that is I'm assuming they probably have been doing this. This is not the first games that they've been doing this. But then the question is, how do they know that they're going to get a doctor every game? It's yeah. How are they doing this? On and they have this Chinese ship that's getting all the organ organ donations. I'm maybe it's just like if they get a doctor, they're like, all right, boys, we're on for this game. If they don't get a doctor, they're like, we're gonna sit this one out. Mm. And then they just so happen to get a doctor for this game. Then I mean. You know, it didn't matter if he killed his patients by yeah. malpractice. He's there with there were bodies. just so many questions that were brought up during that whole thing. Uh, yeah, I'll bring again, 
yeah, again, I feel like the only, I agree with Miranda. I think the only reason we have like the organ trafficking ring is because they needed a vehicle for Junho to use to infiltrate and not get caught. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Checks out. I, I could see that. I would agree with that theory. Yeah. Um, some other notes I had was uh, when they were making fun uh, when when Ali was making fun of Minya and oh no something about the matrix uh, he says like oh that, you know you all were like that that movie where they all go back and and Ali's like the matrix and she's like when you were in Korea all you did was watch movies I'm like no everyone knows that movie everyone knows that movie except for you Minya uh yeah yeah are you playing that Ali's been in Korea since the 90s <laughs> Till I see the matrix. It's like, that was funny. And, yeah. and, and then as all, I mean, the Jesus man, even though, yeah. Okay. I get with the sentiment, but I, this is a thing I really don't like in screen in screenwriting and plays. Cause you know, we used to do this in, in screenwriting class. And this is, this is like college level stuff mm-hmm. is creating a character just as an archetype to make a point. And so the, the Jesus man mm-hmm. is just, I'm just going to use you to, to just encapsulate everything I hate about uh, fake Christians. And, and and it's just like the Jesus man is the one who wants to attack the weaker team at night. And he's the one who's always choosing aggression over everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's a, such a one dimensional character to just this, this is, is is kind of like his straw man, the, mm-hmm. the writer straw man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and ways doing all these loopholes to justify to justify like doing yeah. we're all sinners, things. so it's fine. <laughs> we're know. all sinners here. We're all going to sin here if you haven't already. And it's yeah, like, same oh. thing with Ji Young's story about her dad being the pastor and and mm-hmm. him trying to justify everything because we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was like when that came. I was like, now I get why she like goes so hard after preacher dude. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. That too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe we should bring up what. what okay, there's a thing that, that got lost in translation with Ali and Sangu when they're doing the vigil. You must have read it many other places. Is is like, uh, please call. You know, calling. He's calling Sangu sir in the subtitles. And he goes, oh no no, call me Sangu. Really, he's calling them Hyung. Right. He's like, please call me Hyung. Yeah. Before he's like Sajagnim or something like boss. But now it's like yeah, Hyung, yeah. which is like a term of endearment as in big brother. As in when 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 you're calling someone Hyung, that's implying that you're in their inner circle. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, yeah. I've had, I have lots of like Korean girlfriends who are like, you know, call me Unni. So I've called many people Unni and Oppa throughout my time here in Korea. And they're definitely not my actual older brothers or sisters. But again, it's just like when you're really close friends. Yeah. You know, and then like with the friends that are my age, it's always like adding the ah uh, or yeah on the end of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> like Jungmina. Jungmina. Yeah, they do that too. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and it's, I mean, a lot of the gatekeepers are complaining, well, you lost all of this context by this. And I'm like, seriously, I think we have similar ways we 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 have these connections outside of Korea. They're, you don't need, I mean, Hyung is not some magical word. Yeah, well, No I other mean, culture think... can conceive of. I mean, brother, just brother. I mean, in a way, bro, in mm-hmm. a way you can do that. 
but uh, uh, we will get to a point when Korean dramas get so popular that we won't even need to translate Hyung and Opa and Oni. Yeah, because I think the general population will understand it. Like people who are already fans of Korean dramas understand this. Um, yeah, and then obviously people who've lived in Korea understand this. You know, when you hear somebody say Hyung or Opa, you don't really need it to be translated yeah. because it can mean different things in different situations. I mean, but did the, the, the Japanese or Japanese Americans get all upset during Karate Kid when when Mr. Miyagi was saying Daniel San? And that wasn't explained what why he said San at the end. I mean, you can figure it out. I don't know. I yeah. was a little kid at the time, so I never. I didn't no, think. no one did because everyone knew. You know, that's 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 a term. That's a term of respect. Is like, you know, honor honorable Daniel Daniel San. It's like well, in in Korean we say Nim, in mm-hmm. a way. Nim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that was like a nice little touching moment between them before Sangu just like stabbed. <laughs> giant you know giant what? rusty knife in the back of everybody second watch she did not get this way until it was a life and death situation and oh I mean, we'll get into yeah. that yeah yeah because yeah. because i think that, he honestly so i think he honestly felt jong towards ali mm-hmm. i think he right. yeah i think yeah. he honestly did feel a connection with him yeah in that moment i mean watching it i really did kind of feel like oh, okay they have a connection okay maybe sangu is not this big asshole that i thought he was you know he's i think even like he was i think everybody was horrified after the tug of war game realizing because of them you know 10 other people are now dead yeah and i think uh that's yeah that's like because this is the first game where a player's action results in the death of another player right like all the other games before this were individual you know except for like the nighttime massacre but that was like its own hellhole of whatever yeah but you know red light green light was solo and the dalgona game was solo Mm -hmm. so your actions didn't reflect didn't cause anything to happen to anybody else but then we have tug of war Mm -hmm. where you're from you're pitted against somebody and so it is a very much life or death either you're gonna die or they're gonna die yeah and so in the moment they were like we don't want to die but then after it's said and done they're like oh shit we actually killed somebody yeah you know they did literally in, in tug of war more so because they literally pulled them off a platform to their death yeah it wasn't like they did something and oh okay because of that they're dead they did literally kill them um so i think and i'm you know maybe that was like a a turning point for songu where he was like you know what i think we do need to stick together and he does kind of feel this camaraderie with his team maybe not so much minyo but minyo is her own special something yeah she is (laughs) she's her own little special something oh but definitely one little thing I noted uh, when, because because the second listen I'm listening to the the dubs because I mm-hmm. watched it in original Korean the first time. Now I listen to the dubs and I'm reading the Korean subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, when Jiang and Sebyeok are talking to each other, it reminds me so much of the MTV cartoon Daria. It does. It kind of does. Yeah. Just listen to episode. it again, and I kind of yeah. want to do it again. Where I, I'm. And, 
we're animating <laughs> Daria and <Yeah>. Jane <laughs> having this conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think, well, yeah, because episode five was all about being equal, everybody being on equal ground. And then we see like team underdog really kind of coming together and being like, okay, we're going to stand and help each other. Mm-hmm. Even with like, like the the two random dudes who joined in for tug of war, they're like, we're going to hop on this boat. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, the, they look like they're the main characters. So we might have a chance of surviving. <laughs> we might survive <laughs> if we stick with them. But then because you kind of see the contrast between them and the other group because Doksu comes over and he was like, Oh, ha, ha, you think this is going to save you? What? I can sneak in there and stab you and da 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 da. And Goon's just like, dude, stop messing with us and go take care of your own team. Do you honestly think you have a chance of surviving? Do you trust any of those guys? Yeah. If I were them, I would totally take you out because yeah. you're the strongest. Yeah. And then just like the look on Doksu's face, he's like, Oh shit! I didn't think about that. Yeah, he comes back, <laughs> and then still everyone's so subservient to him. And there's little little things that you notice, like like um, his toadies always make sure their heads are below his mm-hmm. when he's walking around. Little things yeah. like that. Yeah, and they were like, he's like, well, we're not we're not doing we're not doing anything tonight. And they're like, what? Okay. Yeah. And then every every five minutes, where's the doctor? The doctor's not back yet. Well, speaking of which, <laughs> okay, so let's move on to oh, our favorite part the the organ trans organ selling thing <laughs> but but there's some there's some notable things there's there's a little comment being being said by one of the soldiers of uh uh doctors leaving the operating rooms while oh, waiting yeah. performing surgery that's a real thing that's an actual that's, thing that's been yeah. a real scandal here is is especially in plastic surgeons uh they've been they've been leaving the operating room while the nurses either finish the job or or like someone who's not trained, like even the front desk person is finishing it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why there's um, the, I think it's past, I believe it's past the national assembly or it's at least at the national assembly. They're working on a law where all operating rooms will be required to have video. Um. So oh, wow. all, yeah, like it's it's a hugely contentious law uh, or bill. I can't remember if it's passed or not, but obviously doctors are fighting it because they're like, this is like a violation of privacy. Um, but I think on the other hand, patients actually want this. Yeah, uh, because they've had there's been so many malpractice cases where yeah. like. Doctors gonna have to deal with that, man. I mean, you, you know, know te- teachers have to deal with a camera in their classroom, mm-hmm. and a lot of other professionals have to deal with being watched. And this actually is a life and death thing. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. I think there's a few clauses that it can be turned off, like if it's an emergency surgery that happens at the last minute. Yeah. Um, they might not be turned. There's like a few. There are a few ways for these cameras to be turned off, but done mostly in large. And honestly, I feel like doctors might want them there to also protect themselves yeah that well. would make sense I, w- I w- my thinking is that the the ones that have something to hide yeah they're like i don't want this yeah i don't want i don't want no camera in my operating room I want, like I want why to go out because and smoke. yeah you don't want them to catch you like going out and taking a nap or no. getting a cigarette or i got a, i got a tea time i don't have time mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah no so it is yeah, they're like giving Dr. Deadbody such like a huge rap about this, but it's actually a real thing that Korea's dealing with right now. Yeah. Um, 
with doctors and then like he loses his gasket and it was like i'm still a doctor and I'm like yeah but you fucking killed someone <laughs> yeah yeah and, they and said, that's oh, why yeah. we learned yeah they, 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 they shrug it off and there. say oh well anyway most most of these people in the contest they they signed away their bodies or were terminally ill and that's right after they said that they cut straight to gihun and oil man ilnam mm-hmm. yeah who signed away his bo- his body and the other one's terminally ill, ill. <laughs> <laughs> i mean way to way to illustrate the point right yeah, there <laughs> that's editing yeah great okay. editing guys when did this zombie thing happen um i think it happened somewhere it, it's did it happen in this game or did it happen in a previous game because i don't uh, the way they were saying about this it's it's like i think it had to it had to have been a previous game but here's the thing because they set it up making us think that it was this game because remember with the first group that they cleared away from the floor of tug of war the guy was twitching yeah okay yeah they put him and then and then they marked the box and have him sent off and then we go down and they take the doctor down and stuff and they're talking about it but when you really because the way they're talking about it they're like oh the last one it's like that's where this sort of time thing i'm not sure this is where i'm really confused because they tell him that tell 29 junho that he was there 29 was there i'm like but junho had already killed 29 before the game started no 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 he didn't no he didn't take that back juno came when they were being returned so those so it was after red light green light so it must have been right after that it must have been green light when they were talking about it okay. that must have been it now it all makes sense because yeah i was a little confused about that as well but they're talking about the zone because i was like i because i remember the guy that was twitching in in episode four when they were clearing the first team out from tug of yeah. war I'm like, are they talking about that one? Yeah. Uh, but then they were talking about the zombie. It's like, oh, they came to and da 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 da. And okay. they're screaming. And That's definitely what whatnot, happened. Okay. Like his eyeballs hanging out and stuff like that. And so the, the, the original 29 was involved in that one. Now, yeah. if that was true, then when they were climbing down the, uh, the hole behind the refrigerator, which supposedly was built for the VIPs or by the VIPs, even though we know that. It was, I think some it was of them for, wouldn't be able to fit through that hole yeah it was built for the <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't be able to make it all down all those ladders man they don't they look like in the best of shape um mm-hmm. uh if, if they've already done this before why did the guy feel the need to tell him that that thing was a bomb it's like this is true yes i was like I... okay they're, they're acting like okay you've done this before but on the other hand we're going to treat this like this is your first time yeah so maybe that was just yeah yeah, yeah i think that was a, yeah somebody, somebody exposition lazy yeah. exposition lazy exposition yeah okay because he um, didn't even yeah because he never even asked it, i mean if he asked about it that i could see that being like what are you talking about you know those are bombs yeah Duh. Yeah, this, but, they could have done that. They could have done yeah, that. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't even ask. They're just like, "Oh, be careful! Don't touch that. It's a bomb." Yeah. Because it's kind of like it reminds me of like the first Harry Potter movie, where the entire movie is like, "Oh, this is a staircase that moves. Oh, this is that." They're explaining everything that how Hogwarts works the entire time. <laughs> That's most right, of the movie, yeah. and then right, the plot right. happens in the last third of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then like we get down to the the diving platform and. 
Yeah. The, like, and then the guy is like, I, I know that you're not, I know you're not 29. Take your mask off and da da da. And then Juno is like, you have a knife. I raise you a gun. Take yeah. your mask off. Took a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. No, and then we discovered that zombie wasn't even a guy. It was a girl. But hey, we yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. uh, that that's a dumb thing too. It's like, you're, you're such a great detective. You assume that a person has one kidney. It's your brother. I mean, I guess like, I mean, maybe he was just like, it's the closest hint that he's gotten. And he's like, this has to be my brother. And no, it, it, like, it just sounds like that's the most realistic thing because that does sound like how the Korean police work. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, there we go. We found it. Yeah, that's it. Solved it. Solved and it. The guy's like, no, it was a woman. He's like, I don't believe you. He's like, we. Oh, God. And the, this is just like. And they doesn't just like they throw it in there, like, oh yeah, we totally just raped her. We wouldn't do that to a guy. And I'm like, yeah, the gang way to just it. casually way to just casually throw gang rape into an already like horrific yeah. situation. It get well, yeah, gang, yeah. The or necro, I mean necro was, rape. Yeah, or necro <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not sure which is worse in this situation if they gang raped her or if it was like a gang necrophilia they're thing. Just, I'm like, they're just they're just trying to make you feel really not sorry for these people at all. Yeah, I was just like, um, I kind of threw up a little bit in my mouth there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it felt like no bad feelings whatsoever when Juno like shoots him. I was like, I probably would have done the same thing <laughs> in that situation. Uh, but then also he's got to cover his track. You can't leave anybody alive. No. But no. even if like he does kind of have he would at that point, they assume that they would still have some sort of protection because they're like if number 28 goes to the frontman and said, Hey, this guy's an imposter, then frontman's going to be like, how do you know? And he's going to be like, Oh, huh. Hmm. Can't tell you about the illegal black market ring that we have going on. Yeah. But they still could maybe do something to maybe them. Yeah. possibly, but then it doesn't matter because Juno kills him and runs off. I mean, that's his and thing anyway. <laughs> that's what he does. And then runs off. And then barely misses getting caught. Yeah, if you're alone with Junho, you're Again. gonna die. Basically, yeah, don't, don't be alone with Junho. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna die. He's a hothead. Uh, he's gonna kill you. It runs with the uh, family. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to that. This is like, that's that's what I'm saying. You should have seen the whole show before. Yeah, you listen to yeah. This I was like, that is next that's our next podcast let's not get ahead we'll of that. ourselves uh, we're not even to episode six yet yeah but, uh but yeah no so the ring gets caught and they all you know the front man has this big moment where he talks about inequality he's like i mean now now that i've seen the whole series i understand where he's coming from when yeah. he's so like you know obsessed with like everybody here is standing on equal ground they you know they have an equal opportunity to win at these games you know your background is not going to work for you or against you your money can't help you everybody here is equal mm -hmm. i was like he's at the time i was like he's really into this equal thing like okay yeah. but there's a reason and, and then yeah. later on i get it like i understand where he's coming from but mm -hmm. um and then <clears throat> Dr. Dead Body is now a dead body. <laughs> He's now a dead body. He is now a dead body. Um, yeah, before then we were talking about when they were doing uh their their 
watches and it was Gihun's time and he suddenly just had this hallucination. Which was oh, kind yeah, of, he had a flashback. Again, totally unnecessary to the plot. Could have been cut out. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe to point out like how he ended up in these circumstances. Whereas, um, I mean, I could see yeah. it. Like, maybe it was like a bit of kind of like more character background for him. Because, like, I could, if you're dealing with, you know, any sort of like residual traumatic stress or anxiety or anything like that, you know, you can get set off pretty easily and pretty quickly. And so I could see how you know going through that experience with um you know with the strike and how like that so having that sort of traumatic experience that he did and then being in the situation of the squid game how it would make him think go back to that and think about it yeah i was having Um, some trauma about that yeah i mean Uh, i could see that um in terms of like the overall story i mean yeah maybe you yeah, know, maybe it, it we was, didn't need it, but it was unnecessary I think... exposition character development. It's like we're going to stop the plot so we can do this. I mean, you know, you what good writing is you you use you try to put character development while pushing forward the plot, right? Rather yeah. than stopping it to say, oh, this is what's happened. Or exposition, you do that as well. Like you don't stop the you know the worst is, and I was called on that one of my scripts early on was. Uh, using phone calls to explain what the what the situation was. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Um, but this this was um, based on a real strike in two thousand nine. Right. Sangyong mm-hmm. Motors was bought, I think, by an Indian company, mm-hmm. and um, Mahindra they were, Mahindra. They're basically laying everyone off, and then the union member, the union, uh, protested, uh, and. Um, the police did respond with tear gas uh, and tasers, uh, but it was in response because the union members also had some illegal weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a violent incident, but it's not really been reported much. Um, but yeah. Ni- yeah, 90, 90 union members were arrested, uh, detained. I think, but a hundred yeah. hundred officers were injured in this as well. I forgot about it. It's been a while. Like I was working in media at the time, but it's been a while. I almost forgot about it yeah. until I realized I afterwards. I was like, Oh, right. That I think that's kind of what it was referencing and stuff. Yeah. But took, and that was around when that was around when the director started writing the script too. started making the script was right. So it was yeah. probably, it was a lot fresher. It was a lot more fresh in his memory. might've been the impetus the for it. Yeah. It could have been. It very much, I could see that. Yeah, that could have been. Yeah, because it, it was a really writing. big deal, obviously, to him. Oh, um, it was massive. Yeah, and Gideon says something like, "They ruined the company and held us responsible." Which, yeah, that that's kind of what it was. Kind of what happened. Um, and then then Ilnam starts talking about all that too, and and then he starts and says, "I don't know why I said all that." And so you wonder if Ilnam was involved with the company in some way. Like, like, how did Ilnam know so much detail about, he remembered so much detail about what happened with the strike and everything, unless he was actually involved with, with the, with the car company as mm. a baby, an investor, a debtor on the board, member of the board. Who yeah. Who knows? It's, it's a theory to hold on to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a theory, <laughs> but yeah. And then, yeah. Cause that's all a, about, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's about at the end because then we end with yeah, 
Detective Nine Lives. <laughs> I feel like I just need to add one more life, like Detective Ten Lives. <laughs> uh, finding all the records. And then that's when, yeah, that's when we as the viewer realize this is an annual thing. You know, this is not just a one-time thing. Which, I mean, I don't think that was a huge plot twist, I think. Like, yeah, I, I, we're going to go into that because I'm, I'm doing this in order of what I was doing. So, yeah, now we're on episode six, the famous, mm-hmm. infamous episode six. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah um, that one. The marble game. Um, mm-hmm. I think every one of these games has some type of symbolism on a stage in life when you're trying when you're trying mm-hmm. to learn about society and how to succeed in society. And the marble game is basically um it's it shows that how how much luck has a huge role to play in someone's success in life mm-hmm. um right because like i think yeah because most of they were allowed to choose any game that they wanted yeah but i think even like the marble games that had some sort of skill involved with it they're still very much luck you saw the luck in there yeah mm-hmm. um uh, ilanam was demented is having the dementia but there was a hint that this was an act because mm-hmm. he, he wasn't keeping track of everything but then suddenly he says oh oh i lose again when the other times he wasn't even paying attention to what was happening in the game so mm-hmm. he, he did have a memory of what was going on so yeah he was definitely yeah there were moments where you he you could tell that he was keeping track i mean maybe he forgot that he was not supposed to be i know he's keeping track and then you let it slip yeah Yeah. this one it was it was it it wrecked you but at the same time like because you i think it, it was very much like just building up the tension because they bounced around between all the different pairings um, and then like, and then Minyo's just off somewhere. We have no idea what's happening. If she's like, oh yeah, she was, and before any of this even starts, because they're all told they're taken into this room, um, and they're all told like, you gotta choose. You know, you're gonna play this in pairs. Choose a partner. Everybody's going around shopping, and then you know, Gyun, we have that like moment where Sangul is like, Ali, I want to work with you. I think together yeah. we can win this. And Gwen's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not hurt. This doesn't it didn't hurt my feelings. Go for it. Oh, I just have found some more notes. We should back up a bit because yeah. Yeah, again, I was like, you skipped it was like you skipped. Some I skipped stuff. a lot. I skipped some stuff. You I'm sorry. So I was okay, going back let's to go back. <laughs> going back to when Junho was with the guy talking about how they raped the corpse. Uh-huh. And uh again, a little bit of uncomfortable homophobia in that one, where yeah. he said, Would we would have done that if it was a guy? yeah exactly it was like yep yeah bro yeah (laughs) Uh, that whole whole scene was just like (sighs) yeah uh, also junho he doesn't close any door that he goes through oh he didn't really he never closed oh god never closes the door you know how has he not gotten caught (laughs) yeah he never closes the door See, I think Detective Nine Lives is a very fitting nickname for him because he's got to have like 20 lives at this point. There's no explanation for how he hasn't gotten Also, I don't think all the soldiers and the workers are in on who Ilnam is. 
I don't think they are either. No, I don't think they are because uh, when they're when uh, they they turn on the lights and they have the alarm, they're they're still the soldiers are still yelling at Ilnam to get up, Mm -hmm. and threatening to to shoot him if he doesn't get up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like and regardless, he is legitimately sick. He is. Yeah, he is actually sick. So I think that reaction that he had in bed where he wets himself when the guard comes up to him. I think that was like a genuine reaction. Yeah, that was real. That was, and then Kiyun being like the, the guy that the good guy that he is, is like, here, you can have my jacket. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go to, to inspector nine lives. Um, the files, Mm -hmm. because you know, keeping detailed records of illegal activities, always such a good idea really (laughs) and all in one easy place to find all hard copies that can't be erased i mean you can put them to the shredder but that takes a little bit longer than throwing a magnet on a hard drive um yeah uh, i I did i didn't note that the games go back to 1988 Mm -hmm. oh see i didn't catch that i was trying to but there was too much it was dark someone on the korean internet pointed out that there's uh, details that the font and the night up until 1999 was different the way the way things were were, were formatted up until 99 it, it reflected the times then korea started changing the way it formatted a lot of forms so that oh, was a little detail that's an yeah. interesting little detail yeah yeah um and uh, yeah that's where i noted that there was only one one winner and, and each time it was the, each year was called an episode and that's how we know it started in 88 because that was episode one mm. Yeah. Hunger Games for adults. Yep. The Phantom Penis. <gasps> I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess for to think of it from their logic, they're on this deserted island. Nobody is going to get there unless they're brought there. They're, I mean, maybe they're just that arrogant that they, they have think, contingency plans of having fat guys going down a ladder and, and putting on wetsuits and <laughs> scuba gear. Yeah. I don't know. They're going to, they're, well, yeah, because once they're gone, they're going to blow everything up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, right. yeah. That is true. Guess, that is true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Okay. They've got, if, there's bombs rigged all over the place. So if the worst happens, they get the VIPs out and then they blow Still, everything. So there's all anyone no has to do evidence. is just sneak away some of the documents and they, all right. True. You don't have to. But yeah, yeah. As, as we've determined, it is not the easiest thing to get on and off this island. Yeah. It's true. Um, and there's no cell reception. No, but there's an old-fashioned telephone that rings. And, <laughs> you know, Junho, like the smart guy he is, goes to the telephone. Like he's going to answer it? <laughs> yeah, I saw. I was like, you are don't even. When, if if, if you... you're sneaking around someone's house and the telephone rings, if that person's home, they're going to walk to the telephone. So get away from there. <laughs> if the phone rings, that's hide hide and i love it how when he went back and there's this metal latch door and it just silently closes <laughs> yeah oh so many things so many things but yeah so somehow oh, 
somehow Junho just doesn't get caught. He's the detective of nine lives. Yeah. Oh, I did notice that when Frontman was on there, one little note, he he's he's talking to a boss and he's speaking mm-hmm. I think I remember he's speaking in Korean, isn't he? I believe so, yeah. So that means there's a Korean speaking boss above Frontman that isn't Ilnam. something to point out season two i didn't catch that mm. Mm. Well, second time man a- second time man it's we'll, we'll uh we'll talk about all our theories for season two after we finish okay. talking about season okay. one then um, then junho goes back to the phone and tries to dial 112 which means information and then no, one one- the police oh so it's police never mind it's police 112 is police and then 119 is emergency yeah that's the fire department ambulance service and I guess those are the only numbers he remembers because, you know, smartphones, we don't remember phone numbers because he, he didn't yeah. try any other numbers. Didn't try any other. But no, they, those didn't go through at all. So, yeah. So it must be like some sort of direct phone line thing. <laughs> I yeah. forgot how land, I forgot how landlines work. I haven't had a landline since when was the last time I had a landline? When I lived in America in 2007. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I don't know how like direct. I'm not sure how that works. If that what does work, so. So anyway, there. This is before the marble game where they're choosing their pairs. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when Minya has that famous line, which I forget what it is, but everyone's talked about it already. Uh, do we have to bring that up? Oh, where she's like, I'm. I'm good at what I'm, I. I'm, I'm not. I'm may smart. not be smart. I may not be book smart, but I know how to get. I know I'm intelligent yeah or uh, yeah because i think like the actual line is um i'm smart i just never got to study or something like that yeah but then they translated it different i don't and it, in both the 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 dubbing and the subtitles are different yeah so i can't exactly i can't remember um exactly what it was in the subtitle or the dubbing because there was different. and i feel like she said something different every time but there's was, there- i felt there's so much foreshadowing going on with people's lines on this one. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. Ji Young teams up with Sebyeok. Ji Young says, I'll make sure you win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Oh, God. And then uh, when Doksu teams up with his little toady, Minyo says, Oh, he'll throw you under the bus, <laughs> which he does. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then. Yeah. Then they go out and they're explaining the rules and then everyone finds out that the partner is going to die. And then the husband and wife, um, the wife says, Yobo. And it's translated as, oh boy, but it's really what you, really she's, she's kind of say, saying husband or. Yeah, husband. Yeah. It, yeah, like, because Yobo is like a term of endearment. For married people. For married people. So yeah. you don't say oppa anymore, you say Yobo. Or chagia, which I hate. Chagia. Um, yeah. And it's kind of old fashioned because EJ doesn't like me saying Yobo. Aww. She doesn't she doesn't like Yobo. She doesn't like one calling that. She's too old, too mm. old fashioned. Too old fashioned for her. Um uh, no, yeah. So they're in like this sort of it looks kind of like my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh it's it's villas it's 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 a nice little sunset going on there yeah i was like this is such a beautiful little background like why are you doing this to me (laughs) what what's funny that there are actual museums in korea that have neighborhoods like this and they're museums Mm -hmm. 
inside. Yeah, set up exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they and they're set up to look exactly like real neighborhoods. Like, I mean, the gates and the houses and the way that the street, the alleys and stuff are set up. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, that looks like my neighborhood. The only difference is it's all flat. <laughs> True. Yeah. My neighborhood is um, solid hills. It's just yeah. nothing. It's hills, hills and more hills. Yeah. It's not flat at all. And the streets are not dirt. Um, we don't have dirt streets. Yeah, um, pointing out that this might be one of the first times we've seen in a movie that's popularized outside of Korea where they really humanized a North Korean character. Huh? Think about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I can't really wait. What are the other? What are, I don't I'm trying to think, think of any other movie. I mean, any movies, maybe if, if anyone's seen JSA that humanized, and then also um, uh, the one where the woman parachutes, par- parasails into North Korea um falling onto you or something like that yeah that's a recent one too but but this one that that more widely like mainstream america saw this is might be the first time they've seen a humanized north korean character Mm -hmm. ever i don't i can't think uh that conversation between sebyuk and jiang was just heartbreaking it is so good it's like come on man can we go back and have like a multiverse where they actually you know they they, they share an apartment together and we have a sitcom and and it it is totally like daria or yeah they're just like like, they're just knocking on everyone rolling their eyes like oh like uh, this is what i want to say i want sebyuk and jiang and they somehow ended up in an apartment in gangnam and they're Mm -hmm. making fun of all the gangnam princesses and that they're always i, I want that, that sitcom i could see that we can make that happen. <laughs> i want that sitcom it's just like so heartbreaking and they're talking about like how they got into the game and so why did you come to this why did you come to the south oh i thought it was better is it and she's just like <laughs> just quiet just quiet and then you know say about not knowing what a mojito was and like, oh, oh, I wanted to look that one up. Um, hold on. <laughs> um, hold on. Uh, you keep talking. You keep talking because yeah. uh, okay. And just like we, you know, Jiang's just like okay. Well, when we get out, like we'll go to Jeju together and we'll like, we'll get mojitos or we'll do this. Like she keeps doing that. She's like a few times throughout the conversation. She's like, oh, when we get out, we'll do this. Da da da. And then she's like. Oh right, one of us is gonna die, and I'm like, thanks, Jian. <laughs> like, stop doing this to me. My heart can't take this. And just hearing both of them had like such you know tragic backstories. Like, Sam yeah. talking about like, oh, when the plague hit, like, oh, when was the first time you saw a dead body? And I'm like, oh, this is not a this is a great conversation. Um, okay, this is what it was. I wanted to make sure of this is is mm-hmm. um they're talking about the mojitos. Mm-hmm. And Jim was like, "Don't you remember that line from that movie with Lee Byung Hun?" Lee Byung Hun. Which, if you if you don't know, that's the guy who plays frontman. That's who the frontman is. <laughs> that's why he's so handsome because he's a famous celebrity <laughs> that you see on advertisements for beer. <laughs> <laughs> I started, He's I a did handsome start, I man. I laughed when that line came up because even though I hadn't gotten to the, I hadn't, and you know, he's not unmasked at this point, but I knew 
everybody knows who plays the front man, even if you haven't watched the whole series yet. Yeah. So I laughed. I was like, oh, Eve Young-hun. He made an Eve Young-hun joke. Um, oh, yeah. yeah and, and so, so it was uh, the line is, uh, go and have a mojito and drink Maldives or something like that. Or like go to go to mojito and it's, it's just like go to the Maldives and have a mojito. I think that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But she yeah. does it backwards, and I'm like, was that intentional or was that was that a blip? Mojito kasal Maldives hanjan. Yeah, hanjanimida. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah. If you go yeah go to the mal. Uh, hold on. No mojito. That is mojito kasal Maldives hanjanimida. Huh. Okay. So go to the mojitos and, ha- and have a Maldives. Something like that. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what it says. Have a, like, glass, have a glass. Have a glass. Have a glass of me. Maldives. Yeah, Maldives. Yeah. Guess, okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Anyway, yeah. it, it's a it's a line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's from uh, uh, Nebu. It's Jadu? from one of his yeah. one of his dramas, right? Yeah, I think it's it might be it's a movie. I think it was in a yeah, movie. Yeah, it's, it's a movie because the lighting does not look like Korean drama. Uh, I see, but uh, yeah. yeah, and then we get yeah, it's 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 Nebuja- yeah, Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, so we we get Sebo inside inside men inside men is the English translation. Oh, inside men. Okay. Oh, yeah. right. I've heard of that. I haven't watched it, but I've heard of it. Mm. But yeah, we get Sebo's sad backstory about how half her family died in a plague, and she had to watch them burn. And then her dad died when they were trying, when they escaped from North Korea and then her mom got picked up by immigration agents. And yeah. And that's, we should point that out too, is China actively looks for North Korean refugees Mm -hmm. to send them back. And they Mm -hmm. make, and they actually joke about it. I've, I've read the book of the girl with seven names. um, And she, she was pretending to be a, she was, very convincingly pretending to be a Chinese citizen. And while she was in China and she was, she was kind of seeing not, but not really seeing a guy who was uh, a Chinese an immigration agent or something like that. And she was just talking about how disgusted she was by him just bragging about uh, them finding North Koreans and sending them back to their deaths. Just, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a game to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that is yeah. a big thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then you know, she answered when Jian's like, "Oh, so if you win, what would you do with the money?" And she knows like right away, like, "Oh, I would buy a house for me and my brother. I would get my mom out of <laughs> if she's still alive. If she still get my mom out of North Korea, and then I guess I go to Jeju Island because girl's never been anywhere. <laughs> she's like Jeju Island is like the dream for her." Yeah, you know, and I love it how immediately Jiang says, "Why not Hawaii?" Because you know, Hawaii is the Jeju of America. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then, and I love it. I, to me, it just sounded like a blatant advertisement for Jeju. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Where do you want to yeah, go, the- Jeju? <laughs> that whole exchange. Where and the Hanyo like- swim? <laughs> and then. Just knowing what's going to be at the end of this conversation, it's just, it's like being stabbed in the heart repeatedly. This is one where the violence is not as big as the tension. 
Yeah. And, and again, cause like, this is, you don't get all of this conversation in one sitting. They jump around from pair to pair. So you'll get like, first you get like the bit about like, okay, why did you, you know, they, the question is asked like, so why are you here? And when, and then they'll answer that question and they go off to somebody else for a bit and it comes back and it's like, when was the first time you saw So you're getting this conversation in pieces. And then uh, in the meantime, then they'll jump over to like Kyun, who's chasing Ilnam all around this place, trying to convince him that they need to sit down and play. And Ilnam's like, oh no, my house is just around the corner. And so you're getting tension that way because your yeah. like, time is running out. Is Gyun going to convince this old man who obviously is not understanding what's going on to get him to play? And you would just like, every time they go back to him chasing Ilnam around, like the desperation is getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And then you go over to like Sangu and Ali and Sangu has been losing every single round to Ali who didn't even know how to play this game. Yeah. And this is where I think they were really pushing hard. The simpleton part of Ali mm-hmm. is, is uh, at first he didn't know what the crew, uh, were they trying to make it so that he didn't know the difference between even and odd numbers, or he just didn't went familiar with the Korean words for even and odd. I think it was, I think it was probably the Korean words. I mean, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take a guess that that would, that's what it is. Cause I feel like your average person understands even. Yeah, and odd. But you know, Korean writer, we find out Korean writers and they're, they're, they, you know, they're, they're thinking of how foreigners are. It's every, you know, just, <sighs> uh, they do infantilize foreigners quite a bit in Korean media. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to try, I'm going to give them like the benefit of the doubt with this one and be like, maybe he just didn't understand the word, the Korean words for even and odd. Yeah. Because they don't really um, teach you that in Korean class, and there's no reason for him to use it. I have no job. idea what I have no idea what the words for what the Korean words are for even and odd. Yeah, and I would probably get them backwards, knowing me. Yeah, I'm constantly back there, getting yeah. I'm constantly getting words backwards. Oh, I'm always doing that. Um, but yeah, you know he keeps winning, and Sangu is getting desperate because he's just like, and he just loses it. So all of this like camaraderie and brotherhood that they spent they built up from the last episode yeah he just flips his shit and is like you're cheating you're cheating and did it and going after him and all he's like dude i'm not i told you i didn't know how to play this game and you taught me it's not my fault i'm, I'm good at it yeah and, and and ali is really nervous he doesn't like winning he feels bad about winning which i don't think yeah. someone would do because again they both know that at the end of this game, one of them is going to be dead. And Ali looks like genuinely torn up that he's winning and Sangu is going to potentially die. And then Sangu is losing it. Not because he's worried about because he's like, I'm going to die. Like, yeah. And Sangu knows Ali has a young family and, and, and everything. And did Sangu lie that he had a big family? He only has his mother. Yeah, he only yeah. has his mother. But he, did he, he lie they, and said to imply that he had a bigger family or something? I think he implied when they were sitting and talking. Yeah. Um, while they were on watch, I do believe I think he did imply that he had a family. Yeah. And definitely, definitely, definitely during this game, because at one point, like he Sangu like gets himself together just a tad bit and he apologizes and he's like, 
I'm sorry I accused you of cheating, but then he like drops on his knees and he's like begging him, like, please let me live. I have a family. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what that's, it was. That's what stuck out of my mind. That's like, the big because I do think that earlier when like in the episode before that, when they were on watch, I do think that Sangu did I have to go back and rewatch it, but I'm pretty sure he did imply that he had a family more than just his mother. And then yeah. definitely in that game, when he goes down on his knees and he's begging Ali to let him live. He's like, I have a family. And Ollie's like, I have a family too. And I'm like, shut up, Zongo, you asshole. You just have you know, your mother. I, I got to care about my family, man. Like, you were said. trying to commit. You were trying to commit suicide before you even came yeah. here. Yeah. See, that's <laughs> and, what's so inconsistent about this. You know, and I mean, it's, you know, honestly, I mean, it's just like a roller coaster of things. Like, who's, you know, we've never been in this situation. Who's to say that you this happens and then you suddenly your survival instincts kick in and you're mm -hmm. like okay forget it. i don't want to die anymore and that happens a lot when people no. attempt suicide as well like true they true. get into it and then suddenly they're like oh my god i don't want to do this yeah you know so that's you know that's not neither here nor there i i said that and now i'm taking it back so the fact that he tried to commit suicide before the games shouldn't be a factor at all okay okay um but i take that back i retract but my statement it does uh, it does knock him down a little further on the on the reasons to live scale than ali right yeah ali wants to live to take care of his family you know he wants yeah. to take this money and use it to get home to take care of his wife to take care of his one-year-old son to take mm -hmm. care of his brothers and his mother and father in pakistan sangu wants it to Oh, invest in something else that is going to, to lose the money. Honestly, on. just to save face and protect his reputation. He's yeah. the kid that got out of the neighborhood and went to SNU. And nobody knows that he's a failure. And he doesn't want anybody to know he's a failure. So he's like, I need this money so that I am not a failure. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that exchange is incredibly heartbreaking because then you kind of see, like, because we were kind of seeing Sangu become like more human and he's got a you know he has this side to him he's got this general kind of like bond with ali and then it just takes one game and he's completely just gone to the he's gone to the dark side yeah. and he doesn't come back at this point you know and you start to think okay maybe he's gotten some sense he's caught in some sense when he's like okay here's the deal there's no way that every team is going to finish by the end of 30 minutes so what we're going to do is we're going to wait it out so that neither one of us wins or loses and then we're going to team up and we'll play against other teams yeah that was so confusing to me i couldn't even follow along with what he was saying yeah so and that's like i could i couldn't follow along so i could understand why ali would be like Okay, yeah. cool. Sounds uh, like a uh, good idea. I mean, that's how I am in every situation. I'll explain something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, have. I would yeah. have totally done the same thing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay. Sounds legit. I'm. I'm going to trust you on this one. You and went to I SNU. Mean, <laughs> I mean, he. Yeah, you went to SNU. I mean, they really know how to secretly put rocks in a pouch with no one looking. I mean, that was that. That was some skill. That was some skill. Yeah. That you put those rocks in that pouch without. I almost. I didn't even catch it. I honestly, I was watching and I didn't catch it until Seriously. after Ali ran off and he pulled the jacket up and I'm like. Because he, sp he spent all that money in magic school or something. I think that's what it is. He's a, he's a, <laughs> yeah. a sleight of hand magician. 
But I mean, that moment when you realize that Sangu just completely cheated Ali, you're just like, yeah, there's no return for you. Yeah, you, and there's so much you crying. Know. There's so much crying. You know yeah, you just spend that you, that entire episode is just crying because they're building up the tension. But like, even when you you know who it's gonna be, it still doesn't happen right away. <laughs> Yeah. And and honestly, I'm glad they went out that way because a bullet to the head is much better than like falling off a, a mm-hmm. ledge, which is mm-hmm. another way to die. <laughs> and you don't get killed right away. And then some other ones just get to get shot in the chest for some reason. And they, you know, that seems, yeah. The like quick gun in the, the head happened to the characters we liked. <laughs> yeah. Those are the, actually, now that I think about it, um, excluding the last game, those are the two ways that you can die in Squid Games in every game. You either get shot or you fall to your death. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No no sharks with laser beams on their heads. <laughs> that would have been fun. Um, but yeah, because like they build up, except for well, I think with Sebyok and Jiyoung, it's not until I think right towards the end that it's last three minutes. This is the last three minutes. Last when they finally get up and are like, "Okay, let's play." Let's do it. That's when, like, when they, as soon as Jiyoung is like, "You go first, Sebyok," I knew immediately, like, she's gonna throw the game so that Sebyok can win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was that was one case where you didn't know right away who it was gonna be. Yeah. But it was I mean, good. And then she's like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do it? He's like, well, you have something to live for. I don't. Mm-hmm. And it was significant that, you know, they're saying what their each one's name was. And she's like, my name, you know, Sebyuk, my last name. I'm Kang. What's your family mm-hmm. name? And Jiang says, I don't have one. And that was significant. Mm-hmm. That was significant. I mean, she does have one, but she she forsake, forsook her family name mm-hmm. because she was so disgusted. And then in Korean society, that's a big deal. A your family deal, name right? means everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that she was like, I don't have one. And then yeah. that's a big deal. I mean, if you say you don't have a family name, you have no reason to live. You have, you, you don't have a life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're and an orphan. So, mm-hmm. And she's like, the person who should win should be somebody who has a reason. You and know? when I say you're an orphan, I don't mean like, oh, you don't have, no, I'm just saying like in Korean society, it's you're just a family unknown. name is so just, cartoonishly important mm-hmm. but yeah that moment where she's like thanks for listening to me <laughs> thanks for listening to me pop, pop. <laughs> at least they didn't show us they didn't show us ali did they no, no. They, they they just showed it right before and then you heard the the shot and then you heard the pop yeah because when you hear the, back the of shot his head, the back of his head yeah. yeah when you hear the shot that's when they go to sangu and sangu stops because yeah. he was shouting for him right until the moment he was shot, right? And she, Sang, yeah, and you can see the whole different change on the face of Sangu. It's like yeah. more, de- more determined look on his face. And and this yeah. is what this is what's interesting because if we don't we don't really note that Gi, both Gihun and Sangu cheat. Yeah, they basically do the same thing. They trick um, the other person. Mm-hmm. Like so, they followed the rules that they were given because they were told you can do any game as you can get the marbles however you want. Just don't use violence. Mm-hmm. And they did it, but they both they cheated. Used deception. Deception, to do it. right? Mm-hmm. But but you have two vastly you, different reactions. You to saw, it. yeah, yeah. Hasangu just suddenly had this determined face and just turned 
ice cold. You know, he just turned off his emotions when he did that. While, you know, Gihun has the, the trembling lip award. Mm -hmm. Like during the entire time, you and like he knows, you know, he goes from he's like it, it comes from a moment of desperation because he's down to that one marble, and he's just like, "This is it, I'm done." Because he, it's obvious. Because I think it was the was it the old man? It was the old man's turn to guess, right? Mm -hmm. And then he's like, he knows I only have one. This is it, and the old man is like wait what did i say yeah yeah or that um, moment I, again i can't remember but, if it was but, but, the but, old man's he no 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 it's, it's it gun Gu has to choose gun has to choose right it was gun has to Gu choose. has to choose and and uh uh he, he guesses uh, wrong he guesses wrong and so so and says would you mind repeating your answer after he's opened up his his hand and yeah. Gion has seen how many marbles are in his hand. And then the jig is up where he says, does tricking your friend like that make sense to you? Ilnam says that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he goes, he completely turns the table and then suddenly it's Gion's 19 marbles versus, oh, we know because he thinks that he's one. And then suddenly Ilnam is like, oh, wait, I, I have got one more. more. I got one more. Yeah. That's what it was. Uh, That's what it was. That's what it was. And then he's like, then, you're doing this. It's not making any sense. And he says, no, does tricking your friend make any sense to you? No, but that's after yeah. he like runs off. He's like, I found my house. Yeah. And he was like, stop, stop. We got like 30 seconds left or whatever. And then, yeah, they have that altercation in the courtyard where, cause Ilnam's like, okay, how about this one more game where I wager my one marble for your 19 marbles. And then that's Gion loses it. He's like, is that, that makes no sense. Da, 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 da. And he's like, and then he comes with the line, like, well, did it make sense to cheat your friend out of all of his marbles? Yeah. It's like, it's like, I knew you were cheating me the whole time. And Gion is just like, ah, oh, shit. And, then, and I was like, it's okay. I had fun. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's and, what made it like, oh my God. Yeah. That's oh. cause like, and even then like, because you could still see that Gion was conflicted. Like he knew what he knew what he was doing. He knew he was cheating this old man. And it's you know good. that he's you know that he's like trying to rationalize it in his head, like, well, he has a brain tumor, he's not gonna make it far anyway, but he's still conflicted with it. You could every time like he does it, you could just see like the look in his face. He's just like, I am like a disgusting person, but I don't want to die. Um and then yeah, that moment where the old man is like, "It's okay, it's Gangbu, you know. What's mine is yours," and it's like, "I had fun playing with you." That moment it was just yeah. like, and like, and you see it, and you and just like, oh. wow. And they, so and I they, think yeah, and they yeah. planned it just right. You know, they didn't really anticipate what if Gihun turned around after they 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 pulled the trigger. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like what, what, what if Gion didn't walk? What if Gion didn't walk away? <laughs> what if you know? What if he was like, "I'm gonna stand here and watch you die"? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if he was? <laughs> I'm sure they would have done. They would have. Yeah, they would have figured out something. But, <laughs> but yeah, like he walks away, and then you hear the gunshots, and then yeah, and then that final shot is just Gihun walking down through the alley. 
and just all the dead bodies everywhere. Yeah, and I and I repeated that frame a lot, a lot, and a lot. And when they did the gunshot, Ilnam is not in the picture. You can mm -hmm. see the the soldier, but you don't see. You don't Ilnam see Ilnam. He's not there. It's like like he's already left. He's well, yeah. He's hidden from view, and then yeah. the, the gun goes on. Yeah. Oh, but right before that, he's like, "I remembered my name. Ilnam. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's Ilnam." And so first man number one. Mm -hmm. So you have this vote, and then yeah, and Ewan's just like bawling like a baby. But at the same, I think in a way, I mean, yeah, I think I feel like he probably still feels he still feels guilty about it, but he's kind of been what's it absolved yeah. in a way. The old man is like, it's okay, I let you do this. Yeah. He let because yeah, that's another thing. He totally he knew Kyun was cheating him and he totally let him. Yeah. Of course, we think it's because it's out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah, but it's no, it was just because he was he, he wanted to play a bit and he had some fun playing and now he's done mm -hmm. playing because he knows what mm -hmm. the next game is, and I don't think he would have done that one. I don't think he would have no. Mm -mm. Mm. He would not have not have made it through that. Mm. But mm. Yeah, and so, and that is how episode six. So, all these were like, are oh, right. And then Dolksu gets through. Oh, yeah, Dolksu gets through. He yeah. almost doesn't. Like, he yeah. he's like so close to losing twice. And I'm like, yes, you're going to get it. And then <laughs> in the last. He, he goes up and says to the guard and says, I want to change the game. Is that fair? And the, and the guard says, oh, okay, I'll let that slide. I'm like, okay. Really? Well, you know, anyone yeah. could have done that. <sighs> didn't other people, but didn't other people change the game? The other, I don't think other people, they didn't show other people change the game. Oh, but I mean, I if that was assume, a thing to do. I was just assumed because like the rules were, I mean, all they said was it doesn't matter what you play as long as at the end of 30 minutes one you've won all t all 10 marbles from your opponent and you don't do it using force yeah so i just assumed anything goes you can play any game if you want to switch games you also can as well that's so i thought it was like i like he's still following the rules they never there was never a rule saying you couldn't switch the games yeah. just as long as you didn't beat the other person up to get their marbles technically yeah they were following the guard was like you know they were following the rules but doksu but see even then he was like we're gonna change the we're gonna change the game and then he almost lost that game too yeah and yeah. i was like huh you're getting your comeuppance and then <sighs> at the last then then his little toady accidentally hits his marble into the hole yeah because of a rock the chance mm -hmm. of a rock being in the way because yes. the luck of life the luck <laughs> of life you can be on you know on track to win it all and then there's a rock <laughs> yeah and it knocks you into somebody else and then they get everything Mm-hmm. just like life just like life that is how life is right yeah. yeah, I remember I actually shot. I was like, no, oh. <laughs> no, because, you know, I have to do. But no, no, yeah. no, no. Doksu has to have a more poetic ending. Come on, man. You're going to. Yeah, ending. that, that would have been too cheap. I 
shouted no, but then I realized like this must mean that his death is going to be far more satisfying than mm-hmm. just a bullet to the head. So yeah, it was good. I mean, I will. You know, there's. I mean, there's a lot. There's some ambiguity with some of the characters. Like, okay, like they're mostly good, but they do still do some bad things and go back and forth. But Dokso is definitely, definitely the character from start to finish. There's no, it's black and white, and he is black, and he is the bad guy, and you want him to die. I've said there there tends to be this character in a lot of Korean dramas. No redeeming qualities whatsoever nothing no character growth nothing it's just predictably predictably we'll just do the evil thing yeah just whatever that is doksu's gonna be leading the gang down that path yeah you know that's gonna be him that's him well we're gonna wrap this up congratulations for surviving episode six emma oh god you know what? I just, I did. I was like, the best thing to do is to just power, just power through it. Usually episode seven started up and I'm like, I'm just going to sit here until this damn series is finished. So I don't have to put myself through this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did it. I watched episode five, six, seven, eight, and nine all in one sitting. Last Good night. on you. And that's what you have to do. That's such from there. You have to set the bench that whole darn thing. I did the same right. thing. Like, yeah. I mean, I think if I was going to stop, I definitely, I would, it would have been after episode six, like, um, yeah, from five to nine, if you're going to take a break, you, it's got to be after six, because once you start episode seven, it's, it's impossible to stop because mm. everything is just like, it's, yeah. you know, you're going downhill the whole way. Yeah. Um, in a, in a sense that it's the momentum is built and you can't stop not in a oh this is horrible it's going downhill it, 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 it's kind of like sex yeah, the moment <laughs> there's, there's, there's that point where no no there, there's no stopping we're not stopping, there's no stopping. You're, it's at that, yeah once you hit the beginning of episode seven there really is no way that you can you can no, stop you no, just need to keep watching no. until you finish it yeah <laughs> Stop it! But that's it's it's the building build up to the climax. You know that's how they, yeah, rise rising action. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, all right. Before before we kill you, um, before you kill me. <laughs> yeah, just remind you you can find us on soulpodcast.com Follow us on at King Sejong on Twitter and on Facebook at Soul Podcast. Uh, you can follow Emma on Twitter at. Emma Kalka, and you can follow me on Twitter at Zen Kimchi. We're gonna go back and we're gonna talk more about Squid Game. We're hopefully gonna have to get uh, the guests we've been promising so much. Yes. Yeah, so uh, until next time, stay safe. Right. Bye. The Soul Podcast is a production of Zen Kimchi International, copyright 2021, under the Creative Commons license. Parts of this podcast may be used for non-commercial purposes if you remember to give us credit. You can contact us at sejong at soulpodcast.com. That's S-E-J-O-N-G at soulpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at King Sejong and on Facebook at facebook.com slash soulpodcast. For a transcript of this episode... Listen to it again, and write down what you hear. 
see you next week. Until then, may your plastic surgery wish list be a short one.